When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen DePlessis, where our focus is on you, the mortgage originator, to get advice from anybody and everybody in our industry or a related industry, as is the case today, to help your business grow. So today, I would love to um, introduce you to and welcome our guest, Alex Matini, who is the Strategic Partnership Manager at Rapid Advance. Boy, that's a mouthful, Alex. It sure is. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy that that uh, you could be here. So, that everybody knows, we met at um, in Hilton Head recently at the uh, National Association of Mortgage Bankers or Mortgage Brokers, um, the East Coast Conference, and um, you know had a great time together. And I really love um, the product that you offer and how it can help us in our businesses. Um, you know, expand. Uh, the services that we're offering our clients. So to get started, let me tell everybody a little bit about you, um, that you've been involved in the financial industry um, your entire professional career, some 30 years. So welcome to the 30-plus club, right? Uh, Uh, (laughs) uh, With strict focus on commercial financing, um, you've worked with banks and traditional and non-traditional financing sources like private equity firms and have experienced the effects of the economic cycle cycles as I have, you know, on on the commercial lending side. So now at Rapid Advance, you work with a team of professionals to create partnerships with banks and credit unions and mortgage companies, providing them a mechanism to refer clients um, that they have uh, connections with who have small businesses or have small business needs. Um, so again, welcome, um, Alex. It's just a pleasure to talk to you. Um, as we're um, talking, I want to expand on this so that people have a full, complete understanding of what Ed Rapid Advance um, does. And I know that you guys, you all provide flexible funding for small businesses when they have a need. What I'm most concerned about, and I want to get right to it, is why do I care as a loan officer? Why, why do I need you in my, in my world and um, so that you can help us understand uh, how it would benefit us. Sure. Um, Jen, thank you again for having me on. Um, that's a great question. And, uh, of course, we work with uh, hundreds of mortgage brokers uh, around the country. And the value proposition we present to them is actually pretty simple. Uh, you know, a good uh, uh, number of mortgage uh, brokers have told us that they typically work with some 25 to 30 to 35% uh, self-employed mortgage borrowers, and uh, of course, uh, if the mortgage broker can offer an, an additional service to that business owner that's originally applied for 
uh, a home mortgage uh, and provide them with an offer for financing for their business, the bond between the mortgage broker and that borrower uh, only gets stronger. And experience has shown us that when you help a business uh, get financing that it needs to grow, you typically have the captive audience of the employees of that business who also need mortgages from time to time. So there is some direct correlation between how you help a business get financing and how much mortgage origination you can you can originate or mortgage origination you can you can develop through the uh, employees and management of that business. So that is one way. That is one reason why mortgage brokers are so important to us. The second, of course, is for the mortgage broker to develop a second line of income, a second resource for generating income, and uh, I should say significant income, because when they refer a mortgage customer to us and we finance the business of that mortgage customer, we, we pay a, a significant referral fee to the mortgage broker. So this is a way to augment uh, their existing mortgage uh, income with a non-traditional income. Now, as brokers, they are only referring business to us. They are not involved in the actual lending process, so there is no legal uh, conflict between what they do and what we do. Um, and we are strictly lending to small business, uh, and I should say small to mid-sized business, the self-employed. Uh, so again, this is one way for the mortgage brokers to, uh, to strengthen the bond they have with their self-employed clients, generate a new uh, source of income, and that's been very popular, and that's why that in, uh, that part of our business has grown so dramatically. Okay, that's awesome. And, of course, you know that I know the answer to this because I uh, had cried into uh, your business, you know, when we yes. first met. And yes. it actually um, is, is even deeper than that. I think um, a third area of value is that, um, and, of course, my listeners know because we're always talking about developing relationships with referral partners, that um, now it's an opportunity to um, add value to a relationship with a financial planner and a CPA who may have and, and obviously would have relationships with people that are self-employed um, so that we have we can be an outlet for them as well and be the, the go-to or the middleman for Absolutely. a relationship with them, you know, for, for them to help too. So it's not just uh, the clients that we're working with because, yes, um, statistically, that might might be what we see with self-employed, but each of us has a specialty and, um, you know, a niche that we're, we tend to fall into, whether it's a niche that we went after or that's just happened as a result of the type of business we're doing, we're not always going to be running across people who are self-employed. Some of us may be working only with first-time home buyers who are salaried people. So this would be an uh, an opportunity for us to be able to expand our business, our line of business and stream through our referral partners, and then also again through you. Right. That's absolutely correct, Jim. That's absolutely correct. If yes, uh, you so have mortgage brokers who work with CPAs, financial planners, and they refer mortgage clients to the broker, certainly the um, CPAs and the financial planners would be very interested to refer clients who need business financing especially in this climate when business financing has become so difficult to obtain. So we'll discuss uh, the current market uh, climate. Well, that's, that was going to say, let's just go ahead and segue into that. What is the current state of the fi of financing for small businesses? Most of us know about SBA loans, 
you know, and I would say in my line of business, that's probably the primary um, avenue that we are aware of that small businesses obtain financing. That's right. So an SBA is, is only able to fulfill the needs of a small fraction of small business needs out there. Uh, but a couple of interesting statistics that I think your audience would, would like to hear. Um, today, there is approximately 5.7 million U.S. businesses. And what's interesting, only about 20,000 of them have more than 500 employees. So as you can see, the economic engine is truly run by small business. Um, and in any given year, roughly 40% apply for financing. For a variety of reasons, mostly to grow the business, to open a new location, to remodel, to expand. Again, many, many reasons why they need capital. Of those that apply every year, 60% will be denied. Wow. Okay? Mm-hmm. 60% will be denied, which means approximately 1.25, one and a quarter million small businesses that require financing every year are declined. And and the glaring outcome of this is two out of five of those businesses that were denied needed financing to expand. And what does that mean? That means they would have liked to have hired more employees, helping the unemployment of the country. They would have wanted to expand space, helping the landlords with with, uh, retail space, with office space. Again, all signs of growth that suffer because small business can get access to financing. So that's wow. the current climate. That's the current climate of the of the market. That's that, yeah. That's interesting. And I think these statistics are really really important for us. That you know, for um, the other loan officers that are listening, you know, in on the podcast because we can take these statistics to those relationships that we have, and with our referral partners to help open up the doors for them as well, and hopefully. Um, come up with some type of co-branding and, and collaborative marketing to the um, the database. So regardless of the size of the database of our referral partners, we can use these same figures, you know, the same statistics and the same percentages. And I know that that will make um, their value proposition um, so much better. So clearly there is a large need in there. Um and so let's talk just for a few minutes about this. And, you know, I've asked you this question before, so I'm going to put you on the spot again. Um, sure. I'd asked you the 333, the past, the present, and the future. And uh, for those that are listening, that you know, go back and listen to that podcast, Past, Present, and Future, um, you know, asking you. And so in the interest of time, I'm not going to ask you for three, but can you tell us a little bit about the last client you just closed a transaction for so that we get a sense of what their needs are and what type of loans you are doing? Absolutely. I'll give you uh, the most recent was a restaurant that had been in business for some seven or eight years. Uh, they were creating uh, a pretty good cash flow month to month with a successful uh, uh, restaurant, but they didn't have collateral to pledge to a bank or to a credit union to qualify for a business loan. After all, what does a restaurant have in terms of collateral? Their furniture is not really uh, appeal, appealing to a bank as collateral, as a hard asset. Their mm-hmm. space is leased. Um, their kitchen equipment is leased. They really have no hard assets that a bank would accept as collateral. So uh, this particular restaurant was turned down by every bank and credit union because they simply didn't have uh, collateral to pledge. 
They came to us. They needed $60,000 to remodel and reposition the restaurant. And uh, there was some slight expansion as well. They wanted to take a little bit of space from the from the client or the, the, the renter next door. They were financed in three to five days, which is our typical timetable. And they were able to take advantage of some price breaks because we were able to finance them so quickly. And they were able to, of course, uh, remodel and do what they need. Uh, the next uh, uh, sample I want to give you, which, is, which happened in the last couple of weeks, was a trucking company. They, uh, again, they needed to expand. They needed to buy additional equipment. And they had maxed out on their credit with their local bank. They couldn't get any more than they had already received from the local bank. So they came to us. We gave them financing that was subordinated to their existing financing from the bank, which is one of the um, key ingredients of our financing program. We subordinate. And so we don't jeopardize the senior lien position of the existing lender, in this case, the, the company's banker. And so they were able to buy two more trucks, or actually they were able to have down payment for two more trucks, and they added some more additional equipment that, were, uh, that was required in their business. Uh, they uh, had a very successful roofing business, and so uh, the trucking was, was really what they needed. So, and there, and there are a myriad of reasons. There are right. plenty of other examples. So, where, um, if, for example, and now, and how much was that loan? Uh, the, 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 the plumbing company needed $110,000. Um, they actually qualified for 140, which is what we lent them. Our loans, Jen, range from $5,000 all the way up to a million dollars. Okay, there we go. Yeah. There we go, yeah. So now you and I were also talking about a colleague of mine, um, just to give another example, a colleague of mine who has a landscaping company. And, um, you know, when it's summer, because I'm in Washington, D.C., when it's summer, he's got plenty of business. Uh, because he takes care of commercial uh, buildings, he does some residential. But in the summer, they're they're busy. In the winter, his his employees are you know they still have to take care of some things in the winter, but his employees you know have to find other jobs. But his issue is running short of payroll in between. You know when you get in that bridge, sometimes there's that time frame where your your um, accounts receivable haven't been received, and he runs short of cash for making payroll. So um, talk to us about how that, you know, how you've done loans like that as well for seasonal or, you know, even transitional businesses. Sure. Uh, the most important thing I should mention here in the outset is that we do not have restrictions on how the business uses our financing. So okay. that's, a key, that's a key point for business owners to know. Now, okay. in terms of cash flow, we, of course, provide working capital loans. For businesses that are, in fact, seasonal, so they can smooth out those uh, uh, peaks and troughs in their in their cash flow. And they use that kind of financing to prepare for their peak season. So, yes, uh, seasonal businesses do qualify for financing. We obviously have to look at their cash flow during their peak seasons, their cash flow during the off-peak, and then be able to come up with an average cash flow throughout the year to base our uh, underwriting on. But yes, absolutely available to them. So that brings me to the next question, which is how do you qualify them? How are they qualified versus a bank? So, you know, for example, uh, you know, 
traditional lenders and banks are not lending to small businesses because they're, you know, uh, pulling pulling all their tax returns, their accounts receivable, and they have to have a certain amount of cash and things. What are the key things that you're looking for so that we can identify, you know, a good candidate? Sure. Um, I will mention five major differences between us and the way traditional lenders like banks and credit unions lend that would most likely sound very foreign to your audience, Jen. Number one, and most important, we do not require collateral for our Okay. which means our loans are unsecured. Okay. Number Number two, we provide loans to business owners whose credit is less than perfect and their FICO score can be as low as 580. Okay. Okay. Number three, uh-huh. our loans can be subordinated, which no bank and no credit would, will ever agree to. So if a business has current financing but needs additional financing and can't get any more from its current lender, we can lend to that business and subordinate to the existing financing, the existing line on the business. So that's three. Okay. Okay. Most and uh, maybe the next most important thing is most small businesses need money now. They need financing quickly to take advantage of opportunities uh, to um, uh, take care of emergencies. For example, storm damage, which happens a lot in this area, uh, they need financing quickly to be able to um, uh, repair the damage and be back in business. Our business lending process, from application to funding takes only three to five days. And unlike traditional lenders, it doesn't take months and months and involve volumes of paperwork. So that takes me as a segue to the fifth reason why we lend and others can't. We require generally very limited number of documents. For loans under 75,000, all we need is the last three months business bank statements and our one page application. That's all. Wow. Okay. For loans of 75000 or more, we need the last 12 months bank statements and our one-page application. So as you can see, there is not much burden on the business owner to prepare for an application. It is very streamlined. Most of our process is automated, although there is a very good uh, infusion of, of humans in the process who will be assigned to each borrower and that borrower has a representative for as long as they do business with us. So those are the reasons why we can lend and banks and credit unions can't. Okay. Well, those are those are great and compelling reasons. I mean, it just op- it opens up the door for so much. So I have a couple of follow-up questions for you. On the subordinate financing, what would you say the percentage of loans that you do are subordinated? About 25%. Actually, we know that as a fact. About 25%. Okay. okay. Great. Um, That just kind of gives me an idea of how much is out there that needs to be subordinated. And then you mentioned about hail, storm damage, et cetera. So that that brings up two specific questions. One is, the first is, where is your footprint of lending? And the second is, assuming that someone had some type of storm damage, immediately my mind went down, and I know you're in the Denver, not the Denver, the uh, D.C. metro area as well. But immediately my mind went down to Florida and saying, okay, so there's been a hail, you know, uh, I'm sorry, hurricane or tornado or something like that. How do you um, complement or work in conjunction with insurance? Because the insurance is going to pay for some of it. Um, 
then, you know, they jump in and have have you involved as well. So, you know, how does that impact um, any portion of what your financing um, includes? Sure. That's, those are great questions, Jen. Um, number one, in, in answer to your our footprint question, uh, we are a national lender, so we cover all 50 states, uh, so uh, territory has no bearing on what we do. Number okay. two, in terms of the uh, the relationship we have in our financing to what insurance companies will disperse to that business owner, there is no real relationship. Uh, the, the insurance companies pay what the insurance insurance companies pay based on their uh, insurance policy. They do not put a lien on the property for disbursement of uh, of, uh, of insurance coverage. So, if the storm damage they cost a hundred thousand, and the business owner was only able to secure, say, sixty thousand from the insurance company, and they still need forty thousand, uh, our process is a completely separate, uh, uh, you know, a need or, or process than the insurance company. So we can still lend the $40,000 the business needs to complement the insurance disbursement to be able to uh, fix the damage. So really, there is no relationship between the two. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you. And that, But that's good to know that you're, you're not taking into consideration the fact that, well, you already have some money here, so you don't really need what you're asking from us. You're, you're isolating the request based on um, the three- or the 12-month bank statements and the credit. That's exactly right. In fact, uh, let me add something here that's really important. Uh, Jen, we are sometimes referred to as cash flow lenders because okay. since we don't accept collateral and we subordinate and we take mm-hmm. lower than bank credits, we have to rely almost solely on the business's cash flow. That's why we look at bank statements. We right. want to see how, how much cash flow they're generating, how consistent it is from month to month, knowing that seasonal businesses don't show consistency, so that's underwritten right. and set up. But really, we're cash flow lenders. The fact that they may have 100000 in cash in a bank account has no bearing on our approval and underwriting process. Uh, or the fact that they have $0 uh, in the bank account, uh, it, it has, again, no bearing on what we go through in underwriting that application. We look at the cash flow and we look for comfortable cash flow that can service the debt. Um, and that's really our primary focus. Okay. Do you have an unlimited source for funding, or would you ever come back and say, hey, we ran out of money this month? No. We, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> we, have, um, we have been in business for 13 years. We are backed by uh, two of the five biggest banks in the country. Uh, we're owned by a very large private equity firm, uh, we are fully capitalized. Uh, every loan we make, we keep on our portfolio and we service the loans. Uh, okay. So everything we do is done in-house. And no, uh, we're not even close to running out of funding. Uh, probably next month, we will surpass $1 billion to over 38,000 businesses. So, um, That's great. And, of course, uh, the, the businesses can renew their loans with us as often as they want. Uh, it's not a one-time event. Uh, so, uh, and if, in fact, Jen, about 75% of our borrowers renew at least twice. So wow. Okay. It shows, it shows a lot about our uh, relationship with our, with our borrowers and how we treat them. 
Right. So it's not one and done. It's, it should not be looked at as hard money lending or anything like that. It's, you know, it's a, a good com- uh, source that people can go to that, to um, really be able to solve their problems, you know, and, and hopefully the, the hope here is that they're expanding their business or solving a problem that later when they're coming back to you, they're coming back for more money to do even more expansion because it's been successful and not as a survival tactic. Absolutely right. You're okay. absolutely right. Okay. So let's talk about the terms since you mentioned renewals. Let's talk about the terms that uh, are involved with these loans because I know they're not forever loans. They are more short term in nature. Correct. Correct. Uh, our loans uh, range from three months to 18 months. Uh-huh. Um, again, with unlimited uh, renewal uh, options. So even though they're short-term, you may only borrow for six months because you have a short-term need, um, but you decide that uh, there's another reason why you need capital. You can renew that uh, 60000 uh, as often as you need. So terms are three eighteen months, but believe it or not, most of these loans and borrowers end up taking the funding for much more than a short-term period of time, and it becomes more of an immediate period of time with all the renewals. Right. Uh, and of okay. course, as I mentioned, the loan amounts are from as little as five thousand to uh, as as much as uh, one million dollars. So right. that's um, that's the answer to your question. Okay, and I know rates vary based on um, the term, the type, the credit, and things like that. So I'm not going to ask you to quote any of your rates or anything. And and I certainly wouldn't want you to do that, given the fact that we are all lenders, and uh, we don't like it when people say, "What's your rate? What's your rate?" Right. Um, so, right. so I know that uh, you know that'll be the decision that the the um, the uh, company has to decide whether or not that fits into their uh, profit and loss, as far as that goes. Um, so, can you expand a little bit on some of the reasons that small businesses need capital? So that again, we have more our reticular activator can go. Right now, my reticular activator is for a restaurant. It's for a storm of some sort. I'm a trucking company. But what sure. are some of the other and seasonal? So, what are some other reasons that people would want this so that it would open up our uh, options and ideas for us? Perfect question. Perfect. Perfect question. Here is um. Here is a very common uh, need that businesses have around holidays. They want to launch a unique marketing campaign, either for Christmas, for Labor Day, for Memorial Day, for um, uh, Valentine's Day, and they need short-term capital, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, 20,000, to uh, launch a new marketing program, a new advertising program to increase sales. That's uh-huh. one Okay. Uh, there is there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of clients this time of year that borrow money because they underestimated how much they owe the federal government in in, in taxes. So okay. they borrow short term money to augment what they already have to pay taxes. Okay. Uh, others have uh, a very another common need is when uh, a business has multiple partners and one partner wants to be bought out. The business borrows the money to buy out a partner or two. So that's okay. A um, immediate opportunities need to have immediate cash. So a lot of retail businesses tend to want to buy large quantities of inventory at the end of the season, store it away, and sell it next year in the peak season for that product. They okay. get the very huge discounts when they buy it at the end of the season and are able to sell at huge profits uh, next year. 
So they need capital immediately to be able to buy that excess inventory. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, a lot of businesses need equipment. Restaurants, as you know, need a lot of equipment. Uh, home repair companies, real estate companies like plumbers, electricians. Um, there are a lot of businesses that rely on equipment. And today, equipment financing for small business is just as difficult as uh, working ca- capital loans from, uh, from banks. So, again, okay. that's another reason why uh, uh, businesses borrow money from us. Um, obviously, hiring more employees is a burden on the overhead of the business. So they want to raise capital to be able to train that employee, to be able to maybe uh, have money aside for the first year of salary of that business, of that new employee until business picks up. So again, expansion is a very, very common reason why businesses uh, borrow money from us. They may want to open a second location. If they're a professional organization, they may want to uh, expand their CPA business, so they need additional office space, and they have to, um, you know, maybe, uh, 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 you know, develop that office space or build it out for their use. So, again, there is a need for, for immediate capital. Um, down payment. Uh, down payment for a lot of things that the business may need. They may be okay. To, they may be qualified to buy, but they lack the down payment. So we can lend uh, capital for them to augment their down payment to qualify for uh, whatever financing they were looking for. Um, and of course, some businesses are looking to buy another business, or entrepreneurs like to, like to buy a new business. They uh-huh. need capital to purchase. That's another. A uh, perfectly good scenario for us to lend money to. How do you how do you work well with? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, <laughs> as far as uh, buying a new business and so the franchising and stuff, are you involved in that, or is that something that's really more self-contained? Because I know a lot of the franchising have uh, financing available for people who are looking at franchising. But are you there for as an augmentation for any difference that they can't get? That's exactly right. We okay. love franchises. And if the franchise has access to capital from the franchisor, well, that's great. But if they've reached their limit and the franchisor is not willing to finance anymore, they can come to us, uh, get supplemental financing, and, of course, we would subordinate to the senior loan that came from the franchisor. So the franchisor's uh, senior lien position is protected while the franchisee gets additional uh, capital they need. Right. Okay. That's awesome. That's great. Um, can you do you have any specifics around um, what percentage? Because you've just listed a lot. And in fact, I I had interrupted you, so I'm sure there's other reasons too that that anyone could give you a phone call and talk about specifically. But um, do you have a percentage of the majority of the types of loans that you do? Uh, well, um, the average loan term for us is six months. Even though we offer terms of three to eighteen months. The average loan size is six months, and the average loan um, uh, loan term is six months, and the average mm-hmm. loan size is about fifty thousand. Um, okay. Really, the range is really up to the business. We want to just make sure that the cash flow of the business is such that it can comfortably service the debt. And right. That's what we look for. So, are most of those loans then um, just inventory and payroll and equipment? Are that well, a a lot of times, Jen, we don't care where that money is, what that money is being used for. And frankly, okay. 
there are a lot of businesses that on their application simply say expansion. Now, what yeah. they use that funding for could be uh, many reasons uh, uh, that they see, you know, that they deem fit. But right. uh, uh, okay. we don't get involved in the use. Of the okay. All right. So it's it's that uh, vague, <laughs> really that vague. Yes. Absolutely. That's correct. Okay. That's so correct. let's let's talk about uh, us. So we were, you know, we run into, um, and I, you know, I made some notes here too, just you know, expanding on this just a little bit because I'm always thinking about how I can, um, uh, you know, sell you and help you. You know, I'm always looking to help you just as much as I'm looking to to help myself as well. But, uh, you know, when we're out meeting with uh, family members and and uh, I mean, gosh, you name it, anybody since you're since you're not, uh, since your footprint is national, I'm thinking, uh, you know, gosh, my mom is in Colorado and she works part time at a floral shop that just opened. She just bought this floral shop. Um, her friend did bought the floral shop, and my mom is down there helping her, you know, at the peak season and you know all the holidays and whatnot. But you know, for us listening in, if we want to have some extra income, and I'm always talking about additional streams of income. Um, you know, that I have in my own, my own life. And we're looking sure. at different streams of income. You know, uh, we need to think beyond our footprint in our local markets and go that really very global because, you know, the first thing I want to do is I want to get off the phone and I want to call my mom's friend Cindy and say, Hey, Cindy, I have a source for you. You know, if you, if you need to expand your floral shop. Um, or if you, you know, you have a big, big, big order or a bunch of weddings and you, you know, need to do some more marketing so you can bring in more capital so that you can have the money to buy the inventory for the big wedding. Now there's another alternative. So I want to make sure that we're all thinking uh, beyond our local market, you know, to realtors and family members and um, the financial planners that have clients that have self-employed um, who are self-employed, but maybe they're in Texas and the financial planners in Connecticut, you know, so that we are really thinking beyond there so we can have some additional income. So now having said that, if we're going to do all this work and we're going to have our, our, our um, particular activators going and our antennas up, um, what are we looking at as far as a find, basically a finder's fee is what you're saying? Sure. I think um, uh, the the way to start is to develop a list of those businesses that transact with the small business. Now, who are those businesses? When it comes uh -huh. to restaurants, food distributors are the primary target for you and your uh, real estate uh, uh, mortgage brokers to contact because a food distributor has a vested interest in making sure its restaurant clients not only survive, but thrive. Right. The more they thrive, the more they buy um, food products mm -hmm. from them. So distribution centers that service various industries are always a great source to, uh, to capitalize on for referrals. Uh, obviously, we already mentioned CPAs. It's a huge resource uh, for uh, business referrals. Uh, financial planners, absolutely, uh, also a very important uh, group, but also... Remember, banks and credit unions should never be neglected. If you know a branch manager of a bank, the bank you work with, 
you can certainly tell that branch manager that when they turn down a business loan, which, by the way, happens about seven out of ten times, they can call you because you can provide an alternative to their client. And by doing so, that client maintains their banking relationship with that branch manager as opposed to going across the street looking for an alternative and then moving their banking relationship. So banks and credit unions, especially the branch managers, are a great ally uh, to be able to generate referrals to you. Well, and I also think, excuse me, so keep your mind of thought. I also think it's not just the branch managers, but, you know, if anybody is listening in on the podcast, you know, one of the streams that we utilize is actual bank loan officers for our mortgage lending practice. Because, as you know, if you go to a credit union, um, for, for the ease of understanding this very, very quickly, if you go to a credit union, they sell ice cream and maybe the client needs pizza. And so the client has to go and find it someplace else. And so we've gone in and developed relationships with the loan officers at the credit unions and the banks for their fallout as well on the mortgage side. So now you just capitalize and go one step further and say, hey, by the way, not only will I do your fallout for your mortgages, but if you have banking, um, if you have a uh, relationship with a client who also needs the banking side, give me a call on that. I won't touch the mortgage. You were able to do the mortgage. That's great. Let me do this other piece. Absolutely. And that's Mm -hmm. a great point. In fact, uh, loan officers who are the front line to uh, bank customers, they should know about this alternative because today they're trained to basically say, no, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Right. right. Versus, versus saying, no, I'm sorry, we can't help you, but maybe our partner can. Right. And so right. that's that's a great resource uh, to generate lead, uh, lead flow. Right. So moving on beyond that, where where else were you going to recommend? So distributors, CPAs, financial planners, banks, credit unions, the branch managers, or the loan officers. Where else might we go? Well, certainly realtors. Yep. Realtors work with business owners who are looking for homes. Yep. And you already have those relationships established with realtors who refer you uh, mortgage applicants. Uh So realtors are a great source of referrals for you for business financing. And, of course, your mortgage brokers, when they apply, when they have an applicant applying for a new mortgage, uh, almost in the first five minutes, they find out if that applicant is a business owner or not. Right. And that's that's a trigger to uh, asking just one simple question. Does your business also need financing? Yep. Um, We found that to be the the least... uh, uh, the least path of resistance in terms of not having to spend uh, much time uh, taking your eye off the ball with your core business. Right. So simply ask that question, and that 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 could be a great referral. Right. Well, and I think we could add estate planners because they're working with um, legacy planning and uh, you know key employee. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word dissension. Employee. Yeah, I can't think of the word right now, but, but so they're working with that as well. So I have I have um, two more questions about this. So uh, what about real estate investors? Tell me where you draw the line. Uh, someone who's been a real estate investor for three, five, ten years, they have the business running through an LLC and it's and it's generating income through all the invest uh, the properties that they own and that kind of thing. Do you look at that and say, and that's not really a business, or is that any kind of business? 
Yeah, that's uh, usually not a business we look at. And the reason is simple. A real estate investor may go through six months of, of selling its inventory of five or six townhomes that they've remodeled and generate tremendous amount of cash flow. And then they'll go through five, six months a year of buying, looking to buy additional properties and uh-huh. remodeling or repairing. And then there is absence of any cash flow. So right. when we don't see consistency of cash flow, that increases the risk profile of the borrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so generally speaking, we do not lend to real estate investors. Okay. Depends. I think it's going to depend on, and, and because I'm looking at you as sort of an alternative lender, maybe insurance certain steps, thinking portfolio, you know, non-business sure. loans that might just depend on the caliber of the investor. So tell me about uh, association. So the Realtor Association, uh, B&I. Um, you know, many of us are in B&I, and one of the things that B&I requires is that, you know, if you're, if you're a loan officer in B&I and you go to another B&I, the first thing you say is, well, you have a great lender, and so I'm just here to meet other people, which is, for me, very silly um, and a waste of my time, so therefore I don't do the cross-chapter meeting. But, sure. uh, wow, what a great way for me to say, you know, so you've got your mortgage lender here, that's fine, and yes, I do mortgage lending as well, but I can also do business lending, and you're all businesses. <laughs> and uh, kind of steal some business from that mortgage lender who's in there um, just by being able to offer something that is more attractive to the business owners in there. So have you all been, are you guys in B&I? Is that something you're doing or are you encouraging anyone? Um, actually, uh, we don't belong to B&I. We don't do much direct sales. Again, we sell our products and our services through partners like mortgage brokers. like Okay. However, you brought up a great point. Uh, E&I is, is member, the memberships are t- typically small business owners. Yeah. Yes, who else has membership made up of small business owners? Chambers of Commerce. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to a chamber function, a networking function, you may be one of 10 different mortgage brokers that is in attendance, and you all basically have the same story, the same marketing line, and you yep. hope to generate, uh, 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 you know, referrals and contacts. Now, imagine if one of you said, you know, I am in the mortgage business, but I also have a partnership with the source that can finance businesses that get turned down by banks and credit unions. Imagine the power of that new message. And right. I think I think when you you may just go into one of these networking meetings without even mentioning that you are primarily working on mortgages, you can uh-huh. say yes, we have two lines of business: mortgages and business financing. And by the way, our business financing is non-traditional. So if you've been turned down for business financing, come to us; we may have a solution for you. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So how do we get paid? So we refer it to you. You kind of run with it. How, how's the referral given? Is it do we have an, direct them to a website to fill out an application, get them in contact with you specifically, and then how do we get paid? How does that happen? Sure. sure. Um, the mortgage broker sends us a uh, an email uh, with the contact information of the borrower. All we need is the name, email address, and phone number. So there is no privacy issue. We don't want any financial information from from the broker. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on that, we assign it to a senior loan officer, 
And our loan officer takes over that process from application to funding, which again takes three to five days. So the broker is no longer involved in the process. So there is not much overhead for the broker to refer a client to us. It's just right. the same email. Now, we establish a unique email for every brokerage firm. So if your company's name is ABC Mortgage, we will provide you an email address that is called ABC Mortgage at rapidadvance.com. When you use that uh, email and you send a referral to us, that referral goes to a team of seven people, and through a rotation program, we know that one of them would immediately call your contact. Now, within one week of your referral getting funded, within one week, we say that although it is within three days, but within one week, the mortgage broker gets paid somewhere between 2 to 12%, depending on the product that the uh, referral, referred par- uh, borrower uh, chose and was funded. So uh, uh, funding is very quick. Uh, the payment of referral fee is very quick. And we provide the mortgage brokers were, with an online portal that is secured. They can log in from anywhere at any time, and they can track their pipeline. They can see which referral was denied financing and for what reason, uh, which a referral was financed, how much and when, and how much commission was due to the broker. So the brokers have uh, full access to information. We have providing them with full transparency uh, to be able to track their referrals and their pipeline. Okay. So let me ask you this question, um, just because of, of the terminology that you're using, you know, with uh, a mortgage broker versus a mortgage banker versus a loan officer. I want to make sure that we're really clear on this is that do you have an approval system for a mortgage brokerage firm or a mortgage banking firm, just like you do with the bank and the credit union, or can uh, we as loan officers uh, deliver this through a corporation we set up that is separate from our lending institution? Uh, That's a great question. Yes, you can. The answer to your second question is uh, many uh, broker partners of ours would like to separate, segregate their mortgage business from their business financing business, and that's perfectly permissible. What we do have to do is do a background check on the mortgage uh, broker or the mortgage uh, company uh, to make sure that there are no legal issues uh, that may jeopardize our reputation. So, But that's, mm-hmm. a, routine, that's a routine process we go through. Uh, but, yes, you can have a separate LLC uh, a separate entity, legal entity, to uh, do business with us, or you can commingle that relationship with your mortgage business. Right, depending on the mortgage company. So for those that are listening, so what we should be doing is calling you and talking about our particular situation. You know, if we work for a credit union or a bank or an independent lender or a mortgage brokerage firm, or if we own a mortgage brokerage firm, and make a decision as to whether or not this would be something that would be presented to um, the owners of the company or the management of the company to see if this could be brought in as a separate inside thing or whether um, your suggestion is to uh, kind of go out on your own and just have a separate side business that, that runs through that. That's exactly right. That's okay. exactly right. right. So, yeah, and I and I prefer to do that, too, because I don't want to uh, tell anybody, hey, you guys, you can all do this, uh, but you want to make sure that you're doing it uh, correctly and you're not uh, doing anything that would um, 
not coincide, but anything that would uh, jeopardize your relation, your relationship with your, you know, your livelihood and all that good stuff. Yeah. I want to make sure that that's, you know, and I think one of the unique things is that in the commercial lending space, it's completely different. There's no licensing requirements, at least generally in most of the United States. There's, I think, three or four states that do, but uh, no licensing requirements or anything. And again, you know, the whole purpose here is that you're just doing a finder's fee. You're not um, touching getting involved with anything, really. Um, And so in both capacities, the fact that you don't have a license is not um, jeopardizing any legal situation. It's more... Uh, what your company, your agreement with your company says about you doing anything that has a conflict of interest. That's correct. That's exactly right. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing everything. I mean, it's been, it's been uh, very enlightening and it's exciting too because, you know, such a great um, line of business to be able to help. And especially with the amount of um, entrepreneurs we have in this country right now, it's, it's really big. So I want to, um, I'm going to ask you some questions just to end things, but, but uh, what would you say right now is the biggest challenge you are experiencing in your business? Not what the loan officers or credit union banks might be experiencing as they're trying to give you business, but what is your biggest challenge? Uh, the biggest challenge we have is growing our company fast enough to keep up with the demand. Okay. Uh, and I will put this in context. The business is 13 years old. We're the oldest in our industry for what, what, what we're called the alternative business lenders. And uh, during the recession, the, the uh, financial crisis, our business grew dramatically because banks and credit unions and almost all traditional lenders ceased to lend to small business. Right. Now, some of that has picked up since the recovery has begun. However, the market is still very limited in terms of financing for small business. And so we're continuing to grow. And to put that in context, uh, last July, uh, the company had 140 employees. Today, as I speak with you, there are uh, there are 250 employees. And we have three recruiters now on full-time uh, who are looking to hire an additional 50, uh, certainly by the mid uh, middle of this year. So right. our biggest challenge is the supply versus uh, demand. The demand is very high, uh, and we just need to have additional people. Remember, um, businesses need capital for a variety of reasons, and the banks still haven't deemed small business as acceptable risk. Right. As right. long as that happens, our business will continue to grow. Right, right. Um, as you know, I'm an avid reader. I read and read and read. Uh, what are you reading right now that is impacting or helping you um, from a uh, business sense, business financial, you know, personal growth? Well, uh, the, my biggest interest, because I've been in finance uh, all my life, is learning about what happened during the crisis. Uh-huh. Uh, and so to me, learning from a, a variety of sources and variety of viewpoints uh, not just who was involved and who was the culprit and what industries were most hurt and what regions of the country were most damaged, but it, it's a way for me to understand what to do going forward. Um, I think, you know, for me, who came through uh, uh, a, the years before Bill Clinton, when there was a separation between banks and investment banks, uh, through a law that was passed after the Depression of 1929. The law was referred to as the Glass-Steagall Act. 
and mm-hmm. it allowed that separation so that banks didn't take the same risks as investment banks. Well, uh, that law was repealed uh, during the, the, the Clinton era, and so now you have banks that are taking chances with your money that was the, the preview of only investment banks. Right. That's so, right. so um, the big shorts, I know it's a movie, but the big shorts, yep. if you have a chance to read the book, it is far better than the movie, and I highly recommend it. Um, a Liar's Poker is an old book, but certainly has implications on this financial crisis. What, what is it called again? I'm sorry. It's called The, the Liar's Poker. The Liar's Poker, okay. Poker, yeah, as in the poker game. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then there is another book called uh, uh, Barbarians at the Gates. Okay. Um, and that is that deals with the, uh, the the three or four days that truly defined whether we were going to collapse as a as an economy or survive. And that happened in two thousand and eight. Uh, and it's something you you ought to read. It's not only compelling. It's exciting. It's scary. Um, its implications were uh, not like nothing we've seen since the Great Depression, and thankfully, the the politicians in charge, including the Treasury, including the Fed, they were able to make the right decisions to save the country. Um, right. So these three books I would highly recommend. That's awesome. Okay, so. Um I will make sure that the links to those books are are on the uh, episode notes. Um, for those that are listening, you you can see the um, link for the episode notes in each one of the podcasts um, when I write out uh, what the podcast is about. Now, iTunes has sometimes, uh, I don't know what's going on with them, but sometimes the link is available from your iPhone. Sometimes you just have to write down the link and, and go and access it on your computer. But nonetheless, you'll have that. Um, you can go to kineticsearchconsulting.com forward slash episode dash and then the number 031002. And you will always be able to find the notes from any episode that I have actually placed notes down there. Not every episode has notes. Um, so the book will be there. And in addition to that, um, Alex has um, kindly offered for um, for us to have some documents up there so that you can see how um, – your business works. So we'll have some flyers and, and some of the information that um, Alex has provided. So you'll have more information about how everyone can get a hold of you. But let's say someone take it to the website right away. Alex, what is the best way for them to reach out to you immediately? Okay. The best way is to either email me or reach me on my direct line. Okay. Uh, can you share that with us? Sure. Uh, my direct line is area code 240 one four two four four two and my email address is a as in Adam M as in Mary a as in Adam T as in Tom I as in Ingrid N as in Nancy I as in Ingrid it stands for Alex Matini so a Matini at rapid advance all one word rapidadvance.com Awesome. And they can also get information at rapidadvance.com online, too. Absolutely. And they can find you, find you there as well. Absolutely. Okay. Any parting thoughts for us? Um, help your business. Help your friends and family that have business. Find out if they have uh, been uh, turned down by their banks and credit unions when they needed capital. 
I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised when they thank you for providing them a resource that made a difference in their business, whether it's to to uh, grow the business or, again, help them uh, solve a problem. Uh, but really, they will be very thankful. So look for businesses, uh, friends, family, acquaintances that uh, truly need capital. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, Alex, thank you so much for being my guest today and taking time out of your day. Um, and everyone listening, thank you. This is a little bit longer uh, podcast than what we normally do, but I appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen. Please go to iTunes and continually put in on uh, your remarks and your thoughts and give me feedback and increase the reviews. And once again, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, find my Kinetic Spark Facebook page and post uh, questions there or ideas that you'd like to hear about on future topics uh, that we could we could share with you um, and your feedback as well. I'd love for everyone to collaborate in the community and be able to share ideas back and forth. So, again, thank you all for listening, and Alex, have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for sharing all the information. We sure appreciate it. You're welcome, Jen, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak to your uh, audience. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.